Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, May the 18th, 2023. It is currently 7.28 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, once upon a time, in a galaxy far, 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 far away, a Christian podcaster came up with a ridiculous idea. Why don't we create a podcast series entitled Bible Study Exercise? And what we will do is we will try to get people to be active participants, not passive listeners, but to get up off the couch, go to the table with a Bible, a notebook, reference tools. Oh, we'll provide even curriculum for them and we'll get people to study the Bible and they will send in their homework. They will participate and together we will be studying the Bible, not just passively listening to someone give them three points, but actively engaged in Bible study. Oh, this podcaster thought it was a great idea way, way back in a galaxy far, far away. Once upon a time, he really thought it was a great idea. And then he started the process of trying to pull that off, right? Week after week, after week, after week, after week. In fact, uh, he spent so much time working on it that he has created over 422 episodes in that podcast, meaning that's over 422 hours of content, over 422 hours of content, because on average, each episode is about an hour long. So this podcaster had this great idea, work, 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 get people to study, get people to study. There have been some examples of success, no doubt about it, no doubt. Overall, how would you rate it? I, 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 I can't say. I can't say how, how well that podcaster would. I, I can't speak for that podcaster because, you know, I would not be so foolish to come up with such a ridiculous idea to create a Bible study exercise podcast series where you don't just provide the teaching. You try to get people to actually engage and study. I mean, that's a ridiculous idea. So I, I can't speak for them, but that sounds like a whole lot of work and a lot of effort to try to get people to study the Bible. And one series turned into another series and turned into another series and turned into another series and turned into another series. And then came the series entitled Temptation. Temptation. What a, what a fascinating subject. And this podcaster approached this subject in a, in a very unique way, trying to offer up a, a really, a, a, a very complete definition of temptation, that temptation is an enticement to evil and a trial that attempts to get us to think, speak, feel, desire, and act in a way which is contrary to God's word. This happens in order to test us to see where we really are in our spiritual life. 
And then he, and they, we, they talked about it, James chapter one, and then they started contrasting Matthew four with Deuteronomy eight, Matthew four with Deuteronomy six, and they, they were making lots of progress. Uh, they, well, the podcaster kind of took somewhat of a detour, but it was really hoping that everyone was engaged and participating. The podcaster even took the study to church and stood behind the pulpit and week after week preached it and saying, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going. Hey, here's our definition trying to get the people in church involved and everything was going somewhat okay. The, 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 the podcaster took a couple of weird detours. He thought he got it back on track. Then he spent an entire, like a Saturday going over, like trying to, to reset going, okay, here's what we covered. James one, here's Matthew four. Here was Deuteronomy eight. Here's Deuteronomy six. Here are the other passages we're going to be looking at one in Psalms, one in Ephesians, like, you know, really trying to, so that everyone would be on the same page right? And he was like, okay, okay. I started losing control. Okay. But I think I can right the ship. I think I can get us back on course. I think I can get us to our destination. And when we finally, you know, when we finally see land and we can get off the boat, we're going to be like, wow, what a journey. What a great study in temptation. And everyone will rise up and go the Bible study exercise podcast series. It's amazing. I'm going to tell everyone because this was a great study. Again, this, this podcaster was just crazy thinking that this was going to happen, but everything was going good. And then, and then not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before that, The pastor walked into his church. The podcaster walked into his church, stood behind the pulpit and said, okay, everyone, this is like our number 20 on temptation and immediately realized this is not going so well. They don't seem to be remembering. They don't seem to remember what we've covered. What, what, where, what, wait, what just happened? And then just the train went off the tracks, right? The car went off the road. Everything kind of just exploded. So the podcaster, pastor, he, he did two hours of teaching to almost instantaneously delete them so that they will never be heard because he understood just how bad it all went. There was such a disconnect. Like the people seemed completely disconnected with everything he had tried to do. And at that moment, the podcaster, who had been spending 19 plus hours teaching on temptation, talking about a temptation can be an enticement to evil, or it could be a a trial, a difficulty, right? That gets you to think, speak, desire, feel, and act in a way which is not biblical, faced his own trial. And it was a trial of frustration, a trial of discouragement, a trial of difficulty, of depression, of being so just defeated that they just wanted to give up, just wanted to throw in the towel and go, you know, what's the point? Why even try? Why spend 19 hours teaching on temptation if no one's going to remember, if no one's going to participate, if no one actually care, if no one's even looking at the curriculum, if no one even took his his review telling everyone this is where we've been, this is where we go. If nobody was even connected to what had been happening for 19 plus hours from a human perspective, that says you're a failure. Your podcast idea was stupid. You should just stop trying, give up, do church in a completely different way, 
and abandon the pot, abandon ship. It's going down. The Titanic is going down. All right. Jack is going to drown. Maybe Rose will make it be rescued. Okay. It's all going down. And that led to a horror, horrifying, horrible, sleepless week, which now has gone into a horrible, sleepless week. Number two. <laughs> Still frustrated by it, still defeated by it. Because the idea was temptation. Every Christian can really, oh, what Christian would be like, oh, don't need to hear, don't need to hear any messages on temptation. Nope, don't need to engage in that study. Nope, not going to follow that. Not, what Christian would, every Christian you would think would be like, oh, yes, let's talk. I've got my struggles. But it all fell apart. Now, that podcaster, obviously an idiot, obviously a stupid podcaster, because who tries to create a podcast to get people to actually study the Bible for themselves? They tune in to hear you give them three points. They hear, they tune in to, for you to give them the answers. That podcaster probably should quit, probably should retire the entire series, delete the entire series, and act like it never happened. But that podcaster is stupid. But that podcaster is now struggling with the reality that to teach about temptation is very different than actually trying to figure out how to deal with it. Now, I can't be. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. No, no, it's not me. It's not me. I apologize. It's not, I'm joking. Obviously, I'm the stupid podcaster. I'm the idiot. I'm the fool who always has these over-the-top, ridiculous ideas. I live in some fantasy land, and I sometimes have to be slapped in the face with hardcore reality. That no, the hard the, the, the hard reality is that most people don't care to actually engage in all of this stuff, and they're not going to follow along, and they're not going to participate, and you've got to be a big boy and deal with it. That That's, that, that's the reality. But... Here's the question. I'm going to take my, you may say, overdramatic, shouldn't have got so upset, shouldn't have got so discouraged. You're too sensitive. I understand all of that. All of that may be 100% accurate. And it may, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm hitting the microphone as I'm throwing my hands around. Um, maybe I'm overdramatic. Maybe I'm too sensitive. You know, hey, I will... I will own up to it, right? I own up to it. And then when you're having like, you know... Uh, seizure issues and neurological issues that only magnifies the problem, right? So, so I'm very aware, like I can step, sit, sit back and look at it logically, but here's what I want to do. In spite of all the frustration and discouragement and want to give up, right? In spite of all of that, here's what I would like to do. I don't, I don't want to get us too sidetracked. I don't want to, I don't want to do it, but we've got, I want to save this study. I want, I look, I know the boat's going down. I know that, I know it's, it, it, the boat is gone. There's no way to save the boat. The boat's going down, but we've got a couple of, you know, lifeboats here, right? We've got a couple of rafts. We've got, we've got some broken wood from, from the ship. If I can just get everyone to, hey, get on a laugh, lifeboat, get on a raft, grab, hey, there, there's a, there's a door from the ship. Crawl on top of that. If we can just all float aimlessly around, maybe we'll all end up on the same beach and we can all go, we made it. And then we'll be on an episode of Lost. Okay. I digress. Okay. I'm taking the analogy too far. The point is I want to rescue this somehow. 
I mean, like, I can't just say, hey, you know what? It got bad. It got rough. It was a horrible week. There was tragedy. I had to speak at a funeral. All I understand. I can make a million excuses. But that that would that to me would be counterintuitive to what the study is about. Temptation is an enticement to evil in any trial because a trial is an enticement to evil. So an enticement or a trial. In other words, the trial itself may not be a direct enticement to evil, but it's a it's a it's it's an indirect uh, enticement to evil because how you respond to it, how you think about it, how you speak about it, how you feel. So here's what I want to ask. All right, here's your assignment. It's a special assignment, all right? I know, I know I'm, I'm foolish to do this. I know I'm foolish to do this. It's to come along and oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged because I don't feel like people are participating. And here I come to offer a separate assignment. But I want us to at least try to get something from this. In life, you're going to face circumstances. You're going to face situations that are discouraging, that causes you to want to give up, that defeats you, that makes you feel like a failure, may, just absolutely wipes you out. Now, we've been talking about temptation, right? I want you to f- find some passages that either are an example of someone facing a very discouraging, overwhelming situation, right? And how they got past it, right? Or verses that you think would be applicable to this type of temptation. The temptation of discouragement, of depression, of wanting to give up, of getting frustrated, of getting, however you would like to describe it. We all look, every day something happens and you're like, that's it. You're discouraged. You're defeated. The, the, the We'll call it the temptation of discouragement, the temptation of frustration, the temptation of wanting to give up, right? And, and, and I'm saying that those things serve as a temptation because when we're confronted with things that discourage us, we're confronted with things that want to make us give up, we start thinking, speaking, desiring, and feeling, and acting in a way contrary to Scripture. And it doesn't mean every time we face those situations, we do the wrong thing. But I think that this is this um, this is a realistic thing, right? Like I, I wanted I wanted to turn on the microphone tonight and go, let's look at Matthew 4, let's go to Deuteronomy 6, and look at the temptation of putting other things before God. Right, that's the temptation we need to get back on. That's the temptation we need to finish up. But I want to get to the temptation uh, because think of it. Think of Israel. Right? Like just let's just think of Exodus. Let's just do this. Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. How many times did Israel face a situation where they were frustrated, discouraged, and wanted to give up, wanted to go back to Egypt? I mean, th- that, those fit in perfectly with this. Just think, just think of the nation of Israel. They come out of Egypt, mightily delivered. And as soon as they face situations, what do they do? What do they do? They get discouraged. They get frustrated. They want to quit. They want to give up. They're filled with fear, worry, anxiety. Now, in some of those situations, they face very swift judgment, right? Chastisement. But in those texts, if you really look and read carefully, do we find any possible like positive solution, positive thing that could help us apply that to us? Now, I'm, I, I, I can't speak like like I, this week has been so crazy, right? Like, like I can't even speak to you. I'm like I'm still trying to process that, still trying to figure out what to do. Right. So so not this Sunday, but the Sunday before when everything went horribly wrong. 
I'm still trying to process all of that, right? I'm in the middle of that week trying to figure that, and I'm and I'm thinking about completely redoing church. Like, okay, I'm never going to do another series. Each sermon will be an individual sermon separated from, like, I'm trying to just completely blow up how I do church and just say, I give up, I give up, I give up, right? Like, really discouraged and depressed, right? Then, of course, everyone knows what happened. Boom, storm hits. Uh, I had roofers here. You know, they got to replace the entire roof. Our back porch has got to be replaced. We got a, a part of the fence that has to be replaced. I'm still do- dealing with roofers and trying to get that all done and waiting for the insurance. So so all of that's going on. Then tragedy strikes, real tragedy, not my little tragedy, but real tragedy. Death, I have to go to a funeral. Uh, I'm overwhelmed with emotion about all of that. I, I drive, what, eight, eight and a half hours there, eight and a half hours back. Okay, church gets canceled this past Sunday. So there's church canceled. Church gets canceled last night. Um, so it's just been like a, a, a total disaster of a week, right? But while all of that is going on, all of that, it just reminded me that, hey, wait a minute, I've been talking about temptation. Now, what is the biblical way to handle this? What is the godly way to handle this? So I want you to find like three passages, three, where someone that, you know, and you may want to focus on Israel since we've been in Deuteronomy 8 and Deuteronomy 6. It may fit there, but I want you to just look like here. So like, I want you to identify, so do, do this. I want you to find three passages and here's what I want you to identify. All right. I want you to identify the, 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 the situation that's causing the discouragement, the frustration, the give up, the feelings of wanting to give up, whatever. I want you to identify what caused it, right? What caused it? Two, I want you to, to then describe the reaction of the people. So what was the situation? Like for Israel, the situation was, there's no food. Well, we want to go back to Egypt and we want to kill you. Okay, so so the situation, no food. The uh, the reaction, want to give up, want to kill you, right? Like, you know, we, we want to go back. And then three... Not if there's if there's chastisement or punishment, I'm not focusing on that for this study. What was what was the was there a positive thing given to help them no longer do that? And 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 it doesn't just have to be Israel; it can be any other situation. We we know the story of Elijah, right? Great miracles occur, right? And then he finds out, wait, they still want to kill me. And then he becomes discouraged. What was, was, I know we know the physical solutions to that, right? Eat, rest. Was there a spiritual positive there that we could take from it? Right? I don't know if Job would be a good example. I don't know. Those are, those are the simple ones. Maybe you want to dig a little deeper. You may want to dig a little deeper and find, so fine. Find three situations, three passages. Describe what happened Right. What, what's the circumstance? OK, what what's the reaction of the people give up? You may find uh, examples where people don't want to give up and then you can try to figure out why. But OK, you get the idea. So the circumstance, the people trying to give up, we'll go with the negative ones. And then third, what happens? What's the solution? Ultimately, you may have to really read because you may want to immediately go to the judgment or or how God fixed it. But is there anything said? Is there a hint at what could be the positive solution and how to deal with this temptation of discouragement, frustration? Because I can't. Can't be. Look, I'm going. I've gone through it this in this situation. It, it's been on me. But there's got to be times in your life where you're like, "That's just what, forget it. Just what? What am I doing? Just I quit. 
just get, get away from me. I don't care anymore. You've had to feel that in your life. You've had to feel that. I can't be the only one. I refuse to believe. Maybe I'm the most unspiritual person who's ever uh, sat in front of a microphone or stood in a pulpit. I know that this wasn't a temptation uh, that was mentioned in our curriculum. But I think it relates to some of those passages, at least the context of some of those passages with Israel. Even, even possibly the context of tempting God, right? Maybe we, we talked about that. Does it fit with that? I don't know. I, I, again, you may want to participate. You may not want to participate. I understand. I understand. Hey, and that's okay. That's okay. Even if you don't, then it's up to me to go. All right. All right. Who cares if no one wants to participate? I've got to think this through. I've got to get better at dealing with circumstances where I'm ready to say, you know what? Forget it. Burn the podcast down. Close the church. I'm going to the liquor store. Okay. Okay. Maybe. May, okay. Maybe that's a little extreme. Maybe that's a little. Little. Okay. I don't drink. So there's a little bit of hyperbole there. Maybe not, maybe not hyperbole in how I feel. (laughs) Maybe a little hyperbole in saying that that would become an action. But yeah, you sometimes just think, you know what? It's, It's not worth it. You do 19 hours of teaching, a large, probably... I would have to go back and look. Maybe seven or eight of those hours was literally in the church itself. And then you feel like you stand up and the people are like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And you're kind of like, how can you not know? All the sermons are online. Okay. There's apps. You could listen to me on Spotify, Pandora, Deezer, Apple Podcast app, Google Pocket Cast. I could go through every podcasting app on the planet. We are available there. Oh, there's the Spreaker app. There's the Church One app. There's the Sermons too. Like, there, it's not like, hey, I couldn't listen because, you know, there was no way. The sermons were available. And so then you're just like, you know, watch the point. But you know what? The point can't be, well, people, like, you've got to think, like, I've, I'm still trying to process what's, no, not just the practical way out of it, but the sc- scriptural way. What is the scriptural way to look at it? What is the scriptural way to look at it? What is it? And and I'm not saying that we talked about tempting God, right? We talked about tempting God. If you remember um, Matthew 4, when Jesus is tempted, now we, we, we talked about it in Deuteronomy, but if you look at Matthew 4, All right. Um, Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And what happened, if you remember, um, he he told him, um, he said, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Uh, Jesus uh, said unto him, it is written again, thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And we talked about, well, what does it mean to tempt God? What does it mean to tempt God? And if you go back to the curriculum, remember that that phrase... 
and I'm not saying this fits perfectly, right? I'm going to go back here to, on the curriculum, right? I'm going to go back. Deuteronomy 6 is where we were. Remember Deuteronomy 6? Deuteronomy 6, and we'll start in verse 16. Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. If we go back to verse 10, Deuteronomy 6, verse 10, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou planted not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee uh, brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and, and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods um, of the gods of the people which are around about you. Now that passage is what we're supposed to be studying today, but then look at this. You shall not go after the other gods for the Lord thy God is jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord, the, uh, uh, the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa, which remember took us to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, where they, in a sense, tempt the Lord. And remember how they tempted God? Because God brought them to a place, right? God brought them to a place and they begin to murmur. They begin to complain and they did not like the situation, right? I mean, I think we can all, we can't, we all agree with what, with what happened here. I'm going to open up the curriculum. We covered this and we talked a little bit about what it means to tempt God, Right? What it means to tempt God, and let's see here, they they jump to Matthew 4. Hang on. Yeah, in Exodus chapter 17. So listen to how the uh, curriculum put it, right? Okay. Uh, the Lord reminded them of one such moment in their history when they had camped at Rephidim on the way to Mount Sinai. Despite all the signs and wonders they witnessed, God performed against Egypt, despite watching God destroy the Egyptians, Egyptian army. Despite the manna God provided, they still complained to Moses when they had no water to drink. They became so distraught, they wondered if God brought them out of slavery in Egypt just to kill them with thirst in the wilderness. Now, so they had seen all that God had done. They'd seen all that God had provided. They had seen, and they come to a situation that doesn't go their way, and they get so upset, so frustrated, that ultimately they are accused of tempting God, of provoking God. Now, I'm not saying that fits perfectly, but sometimes we find ourselves in situations where things don't go our way, things go bad. And I'm not saying it's a direct correlation, but we talked about what does it mean to tempt God when you just get so frustrated that, you know what, God, I don't, I don't care what you want. I don't even care. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I'm going back to Egypt. And for me, it would be me saying, you know what? I'm done. What's the point of preaching? What's the point of doing a podcast? Just get, I'm just going to go to the liquor store. In other words, I'm going to go back to my Egypt. And not that liquor was ever my problem, but you get the idea. In a sense, is that tempting God? Is that provoking God? Because what you're saying is, God, you led me here. You, this situ- Because God is in charge of situations, right? We believe he's in charge. 
Well, then what, how should I respond to the situation? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Every situation is a possible temptation. You either respond in a godly way and a God glorifying way, or you respond in a way that is selfish and focused on yourself. And I got mad because of how it made me feel. I got upset because of how it made me feel. And so what I wanted to do was say, you know what? Why keep trying to minister when it did not go my way? Clearly, that's not the biblical way to handle it. So you may want to go to Exodus 17. Maybe some of this is directed at tempting God. You, you can look at it a lot of different directions, but I want you to find three passages. One, just describe the situation, describe their response to the situation, and then if does the passage in any way. You may have to really look carefully. Does it offer even a hint at the right way to handle those kinds of situations, those kinds of frustrations, discouragements, pain, tragedy? No matter how small, sometimes it's a horrible tragedy. Sometimes it's just frustration. I mean, like, okay, so what? I'm standing behind the pulpit. And nobody remembers anything I've said. Now, what should I have done? No, you know what? Okay, that's okay. Great. No problem, guys. No problem. No problem. No problem. We'll just repeat everything. Now, that would have been very frustrating because all the people online would have been like, stop repeating yourself. But if the people I'm preaching to at, at that moment don't remember, so I should have just repeated everything, got everyone on the waste, wasted an entire hour of review, at least wasted in my mind, but who cares if it helps them and the people online couldn't get upset. But I mean, what do you do? You can't please everybody. And then just try to do my best the next hour. I shouldn't have allowed it to get to me. I shouldn't have got frustrated by it. I shouldn't have got discouraged by it. I shouldn't have got irritated about it. I, I, you know why? You can't place any expectations on you. You as a teacher think sometimes you want to place expectations and going, well, as a student, you should at least do this. But it's not college. It's not high school. It's church. And there, there can be no expectations because the people are just going to do what they want to do. Like, so you've got to think it through. Now, what's the spiritual way to handle that? The spiritual way is focus on ministering, focus on preaching, not focus on yourself. Right? God, okay, here's the situation I'm in. All right. I've got to handle this. But I want us to really think about that. Because, you know, what, what, what better way to, to, to end a study on temptation here in the next week or so then to end it in the most dealing with the most practical thing, how to deal with life frustrations that discourage you and depress you and make you want to give up, give in, burn things to the ground and walk away. Now, I'm not coming at you, to you like, I've got it figured out. I don't. I know Israel tempted God and Deuteronomy 6 points us to, uh, Matthew 4 points us to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6 points us to Exodus 17. Exodus 17 points us to tempting God, which then takes us back to Matthew 4. Because in a roundabout way, what was Satan trying to do? Hey, th- if, if, I, I think we can possibly understand this by throwing himself off and the angels catching him up. Then he would get the glory and the recognition in a sense by almost avoiding the cross. Hey, get the fame, get the glory, get the recognition. Don't do, don't follow God's, God's path, God's will. The, the will of your father is one of suffering. You can avoid suffering. I'm not saying Satan knew that directly, but indirectly by saying, Hey, do this. Jesus in a sense would have been by his will was not to be glorified and worshiped at that time. He was to suffer as a servant.
tempting God is seeming to, to reject God's way, will, and, and to, to determine our own path and what we want. Frustration, irritation, discouragement leads us down that path. So I'm just going to present that to you, right? I wanted to get into Matthew 4 and Deuteronomy 6. That's really where I wanted to go. But now that I'm thinking this is the best way, whatever else we failed to do in this study, this is practical stuff and biblical. So three examples. I just simply summarize. Here's, here's what happened. Here's how the people responded. And here, I think this verse or this verse, I think there, there's kind of a, the roundabout answer. Or if you look at the entire story, I think here was the answer. All right. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I am hoping that somehow tomorrow, or not tomorrow, I don't even know the day of the week anymore. For the last two weeks, it's just been it's been crazy. I'm hoping come Sunday, I'm going to be able to redeem somehow this disaster because I am going to try to use some of this uh, study on temptation and I'm going to try to separate it from everything that's come before and just do them as individual messages, but do it in a way that we can at least try to redeem some of this and cover it. We're going to st- where the goal is Sunday school maybe deal with the temptation to put things before God, and then we may deal with some of the other uh, chapters in the curriculum um, for Sunday morning and Sunday night. I don't know how well it's going to do work, but that that's my goal. I was going to kind of start introducing that concept, but you know what? Then I would. So yeah. There you have it. I, yeah, I'm not going to try to explain everything that I'm thinking. It doesn't really matter. You've been given a very clear assignment, and hopefully you'll find it to be beneficial. So email me. Sometimes people say I don't enunciate clearly. News, the word news, N-E-W-S. The letters I is in India, F is in Frank, newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. I know I'm like a million years behind on emails. I received a very encouraging, very nice email from someone in Germany. Thank you so much for that email. That came in the midst of everything that was going on. Very encouraging. I will try to answer your questions. To everyone else who's emailed me, I don't know. I don't even know. I I look, I'm I'm a million years behind in emails. Um, I will do my best to see what I can address and what I can, and I'll do my best. And if if you don't get a response, Email me back and I will do my best to catch up. All right. Thank you. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone, thanks for listening. Get to work if you want to. God bless.